prophecy fulfilled. This whole word right here is prophecy. <laughs> it's God's word that he released. And how many of you know that God doesn't lie? Amen. And so we can trust his word. Every single jot and, and tittle, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm going to use a different version in, in my message today, but that's the scripture that came to my heart is that every single jot and tittle until every single thing has taken place, it will be accomplished, amen, that which he said. And how many of you know or, or need to know that that's true in your own life? That if God has spoken his word, whether it be through the spirit, whether it be through the word, whether it be through dream or vision, um, his word will not fail. So what has he been speaking to you? Because he doesn't lie. Isn't that awesome? He does not lie. Now, some of us need to brush up and practice and, and draw close to God so we can be more perceptive to the speaking of the Holy Spirit. So that we can recognize when he speaks to us. And how do we do that? We draw close to him through reading his word. We know his voice and we know how he speaks. Through the reading of the word, you recognize what he sounds like, what he likes, what he doesn't like, right? And then we just spend time in his presence and we start to recognize when he walks into a room. And that's a whole nother message. But he walked into the room this morning on that last song. Hallelujah. So we're talking about prophecy fulfilled, and, and because of the season that we're in, I'm going to, this is the scripture that just kept coming to me. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, NIV version says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now mind you, this is a prophecy spoken over 700 years before it actually happened. Okay? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So God releases his word about Jesus coming to earth and his kingdom never ending. There's no end to his kingdom. And, and God just puts it right there at the end. He's like, and I will accomplish this word. This will be done. Amen. Aren't you glad that God fulfilled this word? <laughs> prophecy, this prophecy was given over 700 years, like I said, before the birth and the fulfillment of this word. That is something pretty precise, to speak it that far ahead and plan that far ahead and then go ahead and have it be fulfilled. And there's so much, um, there's so much I'm not going to cover today, but I just want to show you that when God says something, he means it. When God speaks a word, that is a prophecy. That is him declaring what he desires, and he will fulfill that which he releases from his mouth. Amen? So we're going to read this story here. In Luke 2, where, where this prophecy is fulfilled from Isaiah, in Luke 2. Luke 2, 8 through 20. We're going through the Bible story here. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. 
But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, because I'm bringing good news that will bring, bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, in the city of David. In other words, the fulfillment of the words of the prophet Isaiah. Amen. He will be, bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Now, I don't know if these shepherds knew the words of the prophet Isaiah. I don't know if, if they knew that, that this was a, a proclamation of, of the fulfillment of a prophecy of the Lord. But here they're receiving a word from the Lord themselves. And they go to find out, is this word true? Well, an angel came to deliver it, or many. So I'm pretty sure it's true, so let's go find this out, right? So I don't know about you, but they, they were in expectation that they would encounter something. After having an encounter like that or a word from the Lord like that, you should listen up, right? But even when he speaks in the most still way, it's just as powerful and it's just as supernatural. And we need to realize that. Amen. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of other the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, um, highest heaven and in peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger after seeing after the Lord had told them. After seeing him, the shepherds were um, told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. In other words, they were speaking and saying, the Lord told us this was so, and then it was so. The Lord told us something, and then he actually fulfilled it. In other words, when God delivers a word, he doesn't lie. He fulfills it. Amen? So they were excited about this, and they started to tell everybody. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God, for they had all heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. God fulfills his word through prophecy. He speaks it. He releases his word by his spirit through a prophet or through, through the written word of God. And, and, I mean, this is all through prophecy anyways. And if it's not yet fulfilled, it will be fulfilled. And the reason I'm saying that is because every single one of the words that were spoken about Jesus were fulfilled. Amen? And what is still to come shall be fulfilled. How can we know that for sure? We can know that by watching the fulfillment of every other prophecy that he had released. Amen? That he fulfilled these things. So one thing we can count on for sure is that we can trust God and take him at his word. He never speaks and not and, and fails to act. He never releases a word by, by mishap. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know, like us. <laughs> like Clayton, I don't know. Anyways, he, <laughs> I don't know if he heard me, so I don't know. Um, I'll get him later. Anyways, so throughout the word, I was just studying and just kind of looking over the, there's angels. 
Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis. <laughs> Throughout the word, there's over 300 prophecies about the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every single one of them fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? So that means that we can expect and have anticipation of the fulfillment of the return of Jesus Christ. We can expect the fulfillment of the words about the glory of the Lord covering the earth. These are all words and prophecies that God released through his men of God, through his women of God, throughout the ages. And because we see all these words fulfilled, and we can know that we can trust the rest of his word, amen? He doesn't mess up down the line. He's always on time. He's always right on the money. <laughs> he always fulfills that which he spoke. I don't know about you, but that encourages me when I was reading this and seeing how he releases a word and he always follows up and makes sure that it's performed. This is an encouragement to us for reading of his word and, 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 and knowing that we can trust it for when he speaks to our hearts and tells us something or and tries, you know, we have an encounter or a dream or revelation from the Lord that's obviously in line with the word of God, that's an encouragement to us. We can trust that God's going to be faithful to keep that word. Amen? Amen. And think about different promises in the word. If you've kept the word of God, you know, the Bible says, train your children up in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from me. Now, if you do that, you can claim that promise. And that's a word that's released by the spirit of God that you can trust. That God is faithful and he will bring them back to himself. Amen? Because you did your job well. Hallelujah. So, we can be sure each one of the words that God has, has spoken shall be fulfilled, whether that be through the word or whether that be to us in our personal lives. In Matthew 5.18, it says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest, here's that scripture I was talking about, not the smallest letter or the least stroke of pen, or you could say jot or tittle, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. In other words, he means what he says, he says what he means, and it will be done of our Father which is in heaven. Amen. Isn't that good news? That everything he releases from his mouth has the weight of his power and glory. When he spoke, the earth was formed. There's weight on those words. And so when he releases anything else prophetically about what he wants accomplished in your life or what's going to happen in the end times, when he spoke it, there was weight and power in those words. And those words will create in your life. Amen. So as we look through scripture, each word of God, each prophecy, each spiritual dream, each vision in the word of God that is given to man is fulfilled. You see the, the, the prophecy, then all of a sudden later on you read the word and it's fulfilled. He speaks a word through a man of God. Later on, God keeps his promise and it's fulfilled. And so it is with our lives. When he speaks a word. We can trust, even though sometimes it might not be immediately. We can trust 
We can hold fast to our profession of faith without wavering and trust that he is faithful to whom he's promised. Every word, every prophecy is a promise from God. And God fulfills his promises. Amen? Isaiah 55, 11 says it. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish that which I want it to do, and it will prosper where I sent it. God's pretty sure of himself. This whole book that we're supposed to be reading as as a guide, as a map for our lives, has prophecy. And much of it has been fulfilled. And it is up to us to find out what has God proclaimed. What has God prophesied about what's to come so that we can be prepared? So that we can be ready. So that we can be not found um, um, distracted by other things. And this isn't an end time message, but, but we need to be ready and prepare our lamps. Be filled with the oil of, of, of the Holy Spirit and be ready looking for his return. Because it is soon. Amen? And why am I saying that? Because he prophesied it. And he said that you could look in the earth and see this happening and that happening, and you can know that his time and return is near. We're in that time. And so it is with the word of God when he speaks it, he makes sure to carry it out. And that's both uh, maybe scary for some and reassuring to others that God is faithful. And that we can get excited that when he speaks a word to us or gives us a promise in his word, that we can anticipate that he's going to fulfill it. He's going to watch over. He's going to take care of my kids because I raised them up. If, If the enemy tries to distract them, I can claim the word of God that I raised them up in the way they should go. Amen? So. His prophecies and his words are always fulfilled. Numbers 23, 19. He says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. We do that sometimes, don't we? Change our mind. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken and failed to act. Isn't that so, that's so huge. How many times have we failed on our words. <laughs> How many times have we had to back up and apologize because we didn't fulfill something? Well, he has not yet once spoken a word, released a prophecy, and failed to act. He has never promised and not carried it through. In 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established or prosperous. Believe his prophets so shall ye prosper. Amen? What is he talking about? Well, there's prophets nowadays. Uh, A lot of times God says people who are preaching the word is a prophet. This is the, the word of prophecy right here. And he says, believe the words of the prophets, so shall ye prosper. Why? Because those are the words that God's gonna back up. Those are the words that God's gonna watch over and perform in our lives. They're the ones that we can expect that God is going to cause to come to pass. Amen? We can take God at his word. We can believe all that he has spoken. Why? Because he's proven himself. 
time and time and time again. I think it's so supernatural, just the prophecies that were released about Jesus' birth. (sighs) All stuff that was totally impossible with man, yet possible with God, was released and spoken hundreds of years ahead of time. There's some that are still looking for it to happen. (laughs) But his word was fulfilled through Jesus' birth here on earth. So I've mentioned this a few times. You know, we look at sometimes we wonder about promises or prophecies and and their delay. And and I look at... um, you know, the Israelites, for instance, you know, they're, they've got a word. I mean, they are believing that God is sending a deliverer, and he does. He does through Moses. He brings them out of Egypt. So God was in the middle of fulfilling a prophecy to their lives. Yet because of their lack of receiving the word, because of their, their, their um, grumbling and complaining and, and starting to get into doubt and unbelief, They didn't get to pass over to the promised land, yet they did get delivered from slavery. But they started saying things like, I wish we were back in slavery. At least we'd have this and that. Ungrateful. So God ended up fulfilling his word, but it was through the next generation because of their griping and complaining. Now, does it mean that God's uh, prophecy and his word about delivering them and bringing them to the promised land was unfulfilled? Absolutely not, because if we read on, even though that generation passed, God fulfilled his word. So one way or another, depending on how we receive the prophecy or the word of God, his word will not return void. It will be accomplished. Amen. He is sure of himself. When he says, my word does not return void. I am not a man that I would lie. I'm not human and I don't change my mind. When I release a word over you, when I release a word in the word of God, it will be accomplished. That's why we can stand firm on this. That's why when we know the word of God, we will not be moved. Because we're holding on to promises that are always kept because God's not a liar. 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people might think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want any one of us to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. I think that's what he was doing with the Israelites, why it took them 40 years. He was trying to bring them back around. Okay, come on, come on, repent. Come on, come on. Change, you know, change your behaviors. Change this, change that. Adjust your hearts so that I can bring you over into the promised land. Finally, he's like... I don't want to be that. I want to receive all the promises that God has for me. I want to walk in the fulfillment of all the words that he has released over my life. And I want to see this word fulfilled. Amen? Hallelujah. So I don't think that the problem is ever, ever with God's ability to fulfill his prophecy. I think sometimes it's, the problem is with our receptivity to receive the words of prophecy our receptivity to believe the words of prophecy or to set our hand to things he's telling us to do to fulfill prophecy, you know? So there's a number of things there that, you know, God's always on time and God doesn't delay um, and his word is always going to be fulfilled, but sometimes we have something to do about it, you know, if he has instructed us to do something. So God says in Jeremiah 1.12, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. 
For I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. That's what God does. When we act upon his word, when we believe his word, when we believe words of prophecy that he has spoken or released through the word of God or by his spirit, he's actively watching and seeing what words can I fulfill right now? What words can be accomplished right now in your life? That's what he does. He waits for his word to be acted upon. Amen? So let's look at another instance, or let's look at the, um, an instance here about regarding John the Baptist and this, this word being fulfilled. In Luke 11, or Luke 1, I'm going to read the story, so just get ready. Hold on. 1 through 25. Many people have set out, this is Luke writing, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have also decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theopolis, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. So there was, he's talking about the birth of Jesus and how this all came about. And he's about to write his own account. And he's basically stating that this is all through personal, firsthand people um, handed down. But this is firsthand people, firsthand disciples who relayed this information. And this is how it happened. When Herod, the king of Judea, was the Jewish priest among, um, named, um, was a, all right, let me see. When Herod, the king of Judea, was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah, and he was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. What? Abijah? <laughs> All right, I did it wrong anyways. You try it. Okay, say that ten times. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes careful to obey all the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. They were both very old. I don't know what old was to them, but, you know, maybe not as old as Sarah and Abraham, but regardless, if the word says they were old, back then they, they were older. So one day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was, the duty, um, his order was a duty of that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel says to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you shall, name his, you shall name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or any alcoholic drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit before his birth. That's unique. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people. I mean, this is major prophecy coming forth. And then God decides to send an angel full-on visitation to give this prophecy. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept wisdom 
um, from the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, this is Zechariah's response. I mean, an angel of the Lord shows up in his time of serving the Lord. And, and, and this is like a full-on open vision. He's shaken to his very core. He's freaked out. Zechariah responds to this prophecy and says, but how can this happen? I'm old now, and my wife is also well along in years. I mean, you're talking to the God about the God who created the heavens and the earth. The God who obviously can cause anything to happen that he desires. <laughs> and he's like, how can this be? And, and I guess God knows our hearts, you know, because on, on one hand, I'm reading, reading these passages, and I'm looking at Mary, and she kind of almost did the same thing. But apparently the heart is an issue here because Zechariah is in doubt and Mary is just asking, how will this happen? And Zechariah is like, how could this happen? <laughs> how could this happen? How will this happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. The angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of the almighty God. It was he, like God the Father, sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe. So, so in other words, when a prophecy is released, it is our job to receive it and believe it and hold fast to it. It's not our job to fulfill it. That's God's job. It's our job to trust his word, take him at his word, and hold fast to it and not let him go. He even says, bring back to his remembrance words that he has spoken, not because he's going to forget, but he wants to know that you're remembering and holding fast to it. Amen? Now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. And that kind of gives me um, um, just a knowing that his negative words could actually hinder and and. and and we know from the Israelites, it could hinder the plan of God or delay the plan of God. And this one had a timely manner to it. It needed to happen before the birth of Jesus. And this was all happening right now. So God's like, this is what I'm going to do. Silence this man. He is not going to have any hindrance in my plan. Amen. That's the grace and mercy of God. I was just looking at that. I was like, well, that was really nice of the Lord. <laughs> he could have taken him out, you know, after... Um, after John was conceived, but no, he let him be around to be the father to John. And um, so, anyways, meanwhile, the people are waiting outside for, for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he's taking so long. When he finally came out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized from his gestures of silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home, and soon after, his wife Elizabeth had become pregnant. Um, and went into seclusion for five months. How kind is the Lord, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Her response is not that of unbelief. It's that of rejoicing for the fulfillment of a promise. Amen? But because of, of Zachariah's doubt or unbelief, God shut his mouth. That was the mercy of God, amen. He doesn't want anything to stand in the way of his words being fulfilled. So if we don't want to stand in the way of his words being fulfilled in our lives, we need to make sure that our mouths are in line with his word. We need to make sure that we know his word. 
so that we are always in line with his word. Now, um, for instance, you know, the Bible says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You lay hands on somebody and they immediately say, I guess I'm going to be sick this Christmas season. No, don't say it. That's out of line with what the word of God says. He says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Start thanking him that you're healed. Even if there's some feelings still there, start thanking the Lord that you're healed. Every healing I've received, um, as of lately, my son Ashton has prayed for me. Whether I, I had like something try to come against me, like arthritis in, in my hand. I mean, painful, painful in the morning for like a week it was happening. And I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. And trying to stand on my own, and finally I had Ashton lay hands on me. And nothing happened immediately, but I believed that the prayer of agreement, and, and, and I believe he also has a healing anointing. But um, anyways, for a few days, I didn't speak something contrary. I, I spoke in line with the word of God. It's prophecy. It's, it's me believing the word over feelings, over circumstances. And so I just said, thank you, Lord. Every time I felt to thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Every day for three days, it got better and better until finally one day it's totally gone. Amen. The same thing happened. I had a torn ro rotator cuff for over six months. And... Um, I had a number of people pray for me, but one night I felt led to have Ashton pray for me. I don't know if he remembers this. But, um, and, then, um, and then Jim Hockaday was here the same week, and he gives this word. Now, remember, word, word of knowledge, word of prophecy. I took it. He gave this word. He's saying all these things, and people are responding, yeah, that's me, yeah, that's me. But he said, somebody has in their left shoulder a torn rotator cuff. I knew it was me. I knew it was me. I was like, I received that. I didn't, like, raise my hand or anything because I don't know. <laughs> but I believed it was me, and I was like, okay, Lord, I received that word. And over the course of, I want to say, like, a week or something like that, every time I felt that, I was like, nope, I received that word. I received that word of prophecy. I received that word of knowledge. Until one day, it was just totally vanished. It wasn't even, like, a gradual. It was just, like, boom, it was gone. But every day that I, I noticed it was still there, I was like, nope, I received the word. Amen. And so God expects us to receive his words that he speaks, whether it be prophecy through, you know, a word of knowledge or, or through by his spirit or through a dream or through a vision or through the written word of God. He expects us to stand on it and not be moved so that his word can be fulfilled. But I love the mercy of God with Zechariah, and he just kind of shuts him up because he's like, you're not going to listen. I'm sending an angel from the presence of the Lord, an archangel at that. He's not even one of the little ones. He's my right-hand man, and you're not going to listen? Zip your mouth. <laughs> so, Lord, let us not stand in the way. I actually have said this. Lord, if I'm standing in the way, zip my mouth. Please, I don't want to stand in the way of what you have for me. If that's what's standing in the way, Lord, if you have to, pull a Zachariah on me. <laughs> and so this never happened, but so I must be doing pretty good. <laughs> Luke 1, 26 through 35, or 45. You guys, we need to read the word. Some of you are like, man, she's reading like huge 
stories. I, I don't know. Have you ever read through these stories? Or do you just hear about them from other people and just believe what they're saying? Because we should know them ourselves from reading the word. Amen. So this is more testimony of, of, of prophecy that's released and fulfilled. And what am I doing? Why am I saying this? Is it because it's the Christmas season? Absolutely not. It's because God speaks a word and, and he releases it and then he fulfills it, which proves to us that we can take him at his word no matter what he has spoken to our lives. We can take him at his word and believe it and hold fast to it. In Luke 1 Starting with verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now this is a fulfillment already, God sends an angel to Nazareth, a, vill a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, the same angel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. She's confused. She's disturbed. She's probably a little bit afraid. Many... Mary tried to think of what could this angel mean, the Lord be with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, the Lord, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel. Now this is the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. But she's not in doubt. She's just wondering how. The angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born. He will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Once more, your relative Elizabeth has come, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. I love how he interjects that right there. Because God must have given them a word that they would have a, a child. And now in their old age, God's fulfilling this word. Amen. And now God's telling her, this is a testimony of me fulfilling a word. And now I'm going to do this through you, and just remember that I always fulfill my word. So in other words, you can know that this is going to be accomplished. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. She didn't get a correction. She didn't get muted. <laughs> she must have responded to the prophecy the way that pleased the Lord. And, and, and I, I just kind of remember that, receiving that um, word of knowledge. I had, I've received a word of knowledge one other time. It was in a Jay Hoskins meeting at the old building. And um, I'm just telling on myself, but I had a bunion <laughs> on my foot. Um, I used to wear, like, way high heels, and, and it caused that. And so, anyways, it was really, really painful if any of you have ever had that. And, and this, you can grab this word, too, for you, but if you have that. But anyways, there was such pain. I was wearing these, like, boots that day, and it was in the service, and actually, it was actually throbbing pain um, at that moment. So I was taking off my boots, and he releases a word. He didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it, but he releases a word that um, someone's being healed um, from bunion pain. <laughs> I'm like, I received that in Jesus' name, and um, I was healed. I mean, instantly healed that one. 
Hallelujah. So when God, so what God, what does God want to do? God wants us to take the words that are released. You know, sometimes I stand up here and I'll be exhorting, but I'll be speaking by the Spirit of God. Breakthrough today. He was saying breakthrough, breakthrough. If you receive that word that's released from the throne room of God and believe it and and stand on it and, and say, be it unto me, like Mary said. Let it be done unto me. Lord, let it be done unto me. My bunions are going now. You know, let it be done unto me. That shoulder pain's going now. If we'll take the word and receive it and not doubt, it will be done unto you, that which was spoken. Amen? And so Mary's saying this, let it be done unto me. And God's pleased with that because then the angel just leaves. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so Mary visits Elizabeth. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaps, um, leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That is so cool. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed, Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Now, she hadn't told anybody. She didn't tell anybody. And, she, and Elizabeth says, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, my baby in my womb jumped for joy. And Mary responds, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said he would do. You want to receive and walk in the fulfillment of prophecy that God has spoken over your life? Believe what he said he would do. Believe that he will do it. Hold fast to it. Remind God that he spoke it to you. Envision and see it with the eye of faith that it's coming to pass. Amen? So she's blessed of the Lord because she believes what the Lord said he would do. So when God speaks or gives a message or a word of prophecy or a dream or a vision, obviously lining up with the word of God, believe it. Take it. Receive it. And if it still doesn't look like it for some time, look at the Israelites. They waited 40 years. (laughs) Lord, if there's anything hindering, remove it from me. Zip my lips. Whatever you need to do. Because I want to walk in it. I want to see the fulfillment of your word in my life. I want to walk in that promised land. Amen? So what, you know, I'm sure many of you are thinking of things that God has promised you. And today, what he's doing, what he's doing through this message is he is reassuring every word that he has spoken over your life shall come to pass. Hold fast to that which he has spoken. Claim it. Remind him of it. See yourself walking with it. Amen? Because his word does not return unto him void. God, when he speaks a word, whether it's any number of ways, dream, vision, revelation, still small voice, through the written word of God, prophecy, when he speaks a word, he means what he says, says what he means, and he will accomplish it. Hallelujah. Here's now um, kind of along the same story, but, but another personal word that is given to, to this man of God in Luke 2, starting with verse 25, at that time... There was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout man and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, 
And he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord, the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple where Mary and Joseph had come to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as required. Simeon was there. He must have, by the Spirit of God, known when he walked into the room. Just like by the Spirit of God, as we know um, God's presence, as we learn to know his voice, as I have learned to recognize the shift in the atmosphere, I can see Jesus walk into a room, like this morning. And so Simeon knows when Jesus had walked into the room, even though he's a baby. And, and this is amazing. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came in um, to present the baby Jesus to the, um, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised, for I have seen your salvation. In other words, you have fulfilled your word to me. Isn't that so good? I mean, this was a personal, it doesn't say someone prophesied it to him. This was a personal relationship this man had with the Lord. And the Holy, he had his life so filled with God, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And God had told him, you know what? You're going to not die. Apparently he wanted to because he was old and, and he was like, okay, now you can let me die. He was holding on to this word that you're, you're not going to die until you've seen the Messiah. So he held on to this word, and when he sees Jesus, he's like, okay, you can let me die now. I can go now because I have seen the fulfillment of your word in my life, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So God, this is an example. God keeps personal words when he speaks to you in private. Amen? Isn't this good news today? All the prophecies concerning Jesus' birth, life, burial, resurrection, every one of them has been fulfilled. So shall it be concerning the rest of the word, concerning the Lord's return, concerning what he has spoken over your life, what he has promised you through the word. If you remind him of it, if you say, I've got that, that's mine, it will be fulfilled in your life. Hebrews 10.23 tells us, how can we receive these words? Hold fast to your profession of faith without wavering. Hold fast to it, for he is faithful to who he has promised. Now, often the words that God has spoken in the word of God, but were fulfilled, were impossible with man. That's how you can know it's God. That's how he gets glory. And so almost every single time he releases a word, it's impossible. I'm going to share Amber's story real quick because it just came to my mind. Um, we were seeking the Lord a number of years ago, and um, I think Fred was out of a job. And we were just praying, spending time together, and, and praying and, and bringing things before the Lord. And, and I saw an angel come into the room and placed three bricks on her. I think it was one on each shoulder and one on her head. Three bricks of gold. And I knew intuitively or by the spirit, I don't remember, that it meant a job, a promotion, and a house. 
here, there's no possible way for this because he doesn't even have a job right now. But yet he was going to receive a job promotion and a house, and they were living in an apartment near the church, and, and she wanted a house. It was a desire of her heart. Well, we're spending time in prayer, and I see this happen, and God releases this word. What did she do? She believed it. She received it that day. Within, what, a couple weeks? Within a couple weeks, he got a job. Within the next week, he got a promotion, and they got, you're involved, and he, they got approved for a house, which was absolutely impossible because he only had the job for a week or two. <laughs> and they got a grant that covered their down payment. The last grant in, the, in the Wisconsin, I believe. Why, why am I telling you this? Because when God releases a word or a prophecy, don't let your mind interfere because it's always going to be impossible with man. But remember, all things are possible with God. An immaculate birth? What? But if God wants to do it that way, let him do it. God wants to deliver three bricks of gold, let him do it that way. <laughs> He can do whatever he wants to do. He's the God who created the heavens and the earth through a spoken word. And when he releases a word, it has weight, it has glory, it has power. We need to realize the same God that releases the word that formed the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them, when he releases a word to your heart, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Why do we let them fall to the ground when they're alive? Receive it. Hold fast to it. Tell God you remember it. And it shall not return unto him void. It will be accomplished, that which he declared over your life. Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus says in Mark 9, 23, he says in Mark 10, 27, he looks at them intently and he says, humanly speaking, yeah, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Jesus said to them in Mark 9, if you can believe, all things are possible if you can believe. So Mary could believe. Let it be done unto me. The faith of a child. She was young. She didn't have too much uh, interference. Maybe that's why he chose her, because she was so, so pure. No hindrance in there. Lord, I believe you. When God releases a word of prophecy, when he releases uh, uh, um, you know, a word of, of knowledge about your healing, when he releases anything to you, say, Lord, I believe it. I receive it. It's mine. Let it be done unto me that which you have spoken. I don't know how you're going to do it. And Mary actually asked, how are you going to do it? <laughs> but I don't know how you're going to do it. If you want to tell me, go ahead. But I believe it. And I will wait for it. Amen? That which you have spoken. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? <sighs> Luke 1.37, for the word of God will never fail. I love that word that the angel said. The word of God will never fail. That's why when God speaks a word, take it seriously. Write it down. Bring back to his remembrance and to your remembrance what he has spoken. If it has not been fulfilled yet, you should not be having a day go by that you don't look at that. Remind God that he said it. 
Did you hear me? If God spoke a word and is not yet fulfilled, just continue to remind him that which he has spoken and thank him for it. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to do something special right now. Um, I'm going to invite my friend Holly up here. God did something really awesome and supernatural. I just wanted her to testify, and then we're going to